Hi, I'm Melanie Patterson from Christchurch in New Zealand. Doug Prinsker from Pretoria. Anand Trivedi from India. Sue Crawford from Peter Maritzburg. Patrick Miner from Nairobi, Kenya. Kazal Roberts from Standerton in Mpumalanga. I'm Brigitte Seiperstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Weiner from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. Christine from Cape Town in South Africa. And you're listening to Ride with Coach Perry. Welcome back on to yet another edition of Rides. I'm Brad Brown. With me is uh, our coach, Devlin Eden. Devlin, welcome back onto the podcast. It's always great to catch up. Hi, Brad. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Good to be here. Dev, as we are recording this, uh, it is uh, around about, or we're recording it on the 7th of August. So uh, looking at the, the calendar as it stands right now, 15 weeks to go to Cycle Challenge Sunday. And the good news is if you haven't entered the Telcom 947 Cycle Challenge yet, Three weeks is uh, what you've got left. So if you are thinking about it, if you're sitting on the fence and you're not quite sure, just do it. Bite the bullet and let's do this thing, okay? Uh, it is a tough race, but there is more than enough time between now uh, and the middle of November to make sure that you are in tip-top shape and uh, rearing to go come Cycle Challenge Sunday. So make sure you go do it, okay? It is uh, The website to get to is Cycle Challenge. .co.za. The good news is all the roads are shut on race day. It's going to be one of the most incredible days of your life. If you've never done it before, it is definitely a bucket list item that you want to have ticked off. Uh, just to get some more housekeeping out of the way for the ladies, it is Women's Month in South Africa. Happy Women's Month. But on the 13th of August and on the 27th of August, there is going to be uh, two outrides, one on each day planned uh, for Women's Month, where you can go and train and ride in a safe environment and uh, if you want to find out more about it, just get to the website cyclechallenge.co.za. If you're out riding as well, make sure you use the hashtag LoveCycling. Uh, let us know what you're up to, where you are, and uh, we look forward to, to sort of following your progress up until Cycle Challenge Sunday. Dev, let's talk about what it takes uh, and how to structure your training between now and uh, race day to make sure that you have the best race ever. 15 weeks to go uh, as we record this. So what, what's the, the best way to, to approach this thing? Look, uh, I think first and foremost is making sure that you've got a plan. You've mentioned 15 weeks. 15 weeks is still ample time. So hopefully you've got some training under the belt already and you've started. If it's something that you've been challenged to take on uh, Telcom 947 by a colleague at work, for instance, and you've only just decided, don't stress. 15 weeks, you've still got plenty of time to get, get yourself prepared for, for race day. Um, more than anything, it's just planning, knowing what's in advance, knowing where you might have time away. So you on leave, you might not have a chance to train here and there and, and working around that to make sure you get in the most out of the time left. Yeah, absolutely. Talking of planning, uh, you don't want to suck this thing out of your thumb. You want to sort of have a, a sort of base to work off of. And Devlin's written uh, a couple of training programs. If you want to download one, absolutely free. All you need to do is head over to coachparry.com forward slash start and that's where you can get the program. Let's talk about the different types of blocks within training. And and uh, I think the guys and girls who have been around cycling for a while will, will know what I'm talking about. But uh, for people who are just getting into the sport who are abs- or who are absolute novices, if we're talking about base training and interval training, what, what are the different sort of blocks that, that make part of, a, of, a, of a, a, a well-structured training program? Yeah, Brad, so, so you've touched on it, so, sort of the intervals and the, the base and that. And again, with 15 weeks, we've got time where we can still fit in most of those training phases. Uh, what we refer to by that is the base is building that cardiovascular endurance, making sure that you can sustain 
an effort for a long period of time, making sure that you're recovering well between training sessions on sort of hard training rides as well, making sure that your body is adapted to be able to handle that sort of load. That's first and foremost. Uh, going from there, you go through different training phases as we built a cycle. So what I refer to by that is we've got 15 weeks. That 15 weeks needs to be broken up into having done a level of base training, so whether it's now or you've done some already, um, and then closer to the event where we start building things like the strength, the power that's going to help you get over the climbs uh, and make those climbs a little bit easier. And then if you're chasing time as well, or PBs, for instance, on race day, it also gives you, we then start bringing in an aspect of speed that's going to help us get faster on the bike as well. So there's, there's different cycles, different blocks that need to be focused on. They don't necessarily all happen at the same time because we, we're obviously trying to focus on one particular area. And as, the, as we get closer to race day is where we need to change the volume of training, the intensities of training going forward to get the most out of the time that we do have. If you're just starting out and this is absolute Greek to you, go and get one of those training programs. And once you look at it, you'll be able to see exactly what we're talking about because it's, it is essentially broken up uh, into those different training blocks. The website, once again, is coachparry.com forward slash start. Dev, as cyclists, we, we all have sort of certain strengths and certain weaknesses. And now's the time to really sort of knuckle down and, and work on those weaknesses because someone might be an absolute monster when it climbs, uh, comes to climbing hills, but they might really struggle on the flats, for example, or, or when it comes to sort of like that long-term speed. What, what are some of the things people can do and, and what should they be doing over the next 15 weeks to make sure that they do work on those weaknesses? Brad, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there is firstly just identifying the weaknesses. So like you mentioned, being a monster on a climb, personally for me, I'm really not a fan. I'm a, I'm a bigger athlete. I'm not a fan of getting myself up over the, the climb. I, I'm great at going downhill, Dev. I'm built for downhill. Exactly. I'm, I, I always like to say that I'm built for comfort rather than for speed. But um, in saying that, I've you, you find that climbing might be a problem and work on it. The more I'm doing it at the moment from a personal point of view, I feel that I'm actually enjoying the climbs a little bit more because I can see the benefit in the training that's been happening. So firstly, identifying the weaknesses and then focusing on that. And that'll come into the type of intervals that are integrated into your training program, um, being power intervals for the climbs, being speed work if you feel that you're lacking a little bit of speed. But I think firstly, I need to just or clarify one thing though that don't make this your your only focus. So if you do feel that climbing is lacking and you could be a better climber and you want more power, don't neglect any other aspects of your cycling, especially whether it's a skills side of thing or a bit of the base work, because if you focus on one thing only, the rest of your cycling will deteriorate. Well, not deteriorate, but is going to be affected slightly by it. So I think you need to find a good balance, and that's why following a structured training program We'll be able to take that all into account. But yes, let's, let's work on things that we feel could, we could be better in. Absolutely. And then we spoke a few weeks ago about uh, riding for a purpose. And that's one of the big drives uh, at the Telcom 947 Cycle Challenge is to, is to get out there and do this thing for, for, for a bigger purpose and, and, and find a charity that you can support and, and really get out there for. 
and you mentioned one of the advantages of, of riding for a purpose was you get a better seating. Uh, a lot of the charity groups have got uh, preferential seating batches, so that's one way to get closer to a, a, an early start time. But another way, and this really helps as well, because you end up then within cyclists of the same sort of ability, and we've spoken about riding in bunches and how much energy you can conserve, but riding other races, and particularly to get a seating in the build-up to the Telcom 947, is a really good idea, because not only are you going to get a better seating, but you get the experience of, of riding in that race environment. Talk to me your thoughts on, on racing for seating. Yes, exactly that. So, so firstly, the seating is, like you, like you mentioned, it allows you not to necessarily have a late start. If it's hot on the day, you don't want to be out too late, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts. But around the, the racing for seeding as well is I feel that racing is one of the best forms of training. You, it incorporates everything. You needing to work hard for a period of time. Whereas if you're training on your own and you might lack a little bit of discipline on the day, or you might not be feeling great on the day, it's too easy for you to either say, okay, well, I'm going to turn back halfway through your training ride or, Oh, well, I'm just going to tap off on the intensity. Whereas in a race, your mind's there. There's other people motivating you. That in itself is brilliant training that you can push yourself and see where you are, get a good gauge for, okay, well, the next training phase that's coming in now, how we need to adjust that to improve on what we've just done in that, that prior race. So, And also, like you mentioned, the gaining skill, riding with other people around you, getting used to the whole race atmosphere. So I, I'm a, a firm believer in racing is one of the best forms of training as well. Dev, yeah, could, could not agree more when it comes to, to racing. I love, I love being out in races and, uh, and the skills that you pick up there as well. But then the flip side of that coin is someone might be listening to this going, this is great, I really want to do this thing, but I just don't have time. I can't get out four days a week out onto the roads. I've got a, a family, I've got work. Let, let's talk about doing your training on an indoor as opposed to, to outdoor and, and what's the role of each? I mean, I, I've trained for, for previous 947 cycle challenges uh, only on, on an indoor trainer and have had great races. What, what's, what's your thoughts when it comes to indoor training versus outdoor on your bike? Brad, I think, I think indoor trainers have, have a great place and there's so many new kind of trainers out from your most basic level to highfalutin computer systems where you can race stages of Tour de France, for instance. Um, there's, there's great technology out and it allows us one on, like you mentioned, with time limits where you want to try and get, a, you've only got an hour, for instance, and to get out on the bike might be a little bit more tricky. But at the same time, weather conditions. So we have mentioned in the past where I've said, don't be a, don't be a weather cyclist, but there's times where we can't get out. It's, there's a huge storm outside, whatever it might be, early hours of the morning, you don't want to be riding in the dark. Riding on an indoor trainer, you can gain huge benefits from that. The, the one thing, though, that you do need to be cautious on, and yes, you, you'll get great results, but what tends to happen on an indoor trainer, because we're also limited for time, is I tend to find riders go flat out. They do every session on the indoor trainer. It's always a flat out session. So there's no recovery happening, and there's no recovery and endurance-based type of ride that's happening as well. So it is important just to, if you are going to be on an indoor trainer and do the bulk of your training is to still make sure that you are structuring your training right. Um, and I mean, I do what I like to call my quality sessions, So the high intensity interval sessions on a watt bike, for instance, and getting that in, I do that twice a week. The rest of the time I'm actually out on my bike. And what's important there is spending the time on the bike that you're going to be riding 
947N, on rather. Um, and what I mean by that is you need to be comfortable on that bike, especially if the bike's been sitting gathering dust over winter and you've only been on the indoor trainer. Get comfortable on the bike again. Make sure all the equipment's working, your gears are working. Make sure that you, you saddle fit. Make sure the setup hasn't changed. And then with that as well, is just a skilled point of view. So make sure that you're comfortable again being on a road bike where you need to turn rather than being on a stationary bike where you're standing still and you can ride without hands. So I think that's important is you need to find a balance between the two and don't, don't get overconfident riding an indoor trainer and neglecting your bike. Absolutely. And, and I mean, you talk about indoor training, spinning's a, a great thing as well. And, and I know there are downsides. Like you say, you find that, that a lot of uh, cyclists just go and hammer each session. But I know a lot of gyms uh, around Johannesburg this time of the year have specific uh, Telcom 947 sort of spinning classes geared specifically towards training for, for the race. So, so particularly midweek when you are pressed for time, those, those sessions are pretty good as well. Yes, they are indeed. And again, huge benefits. So whether it's a spinning class, a watt bike session, whatever you, um, just one thing to bear in mind with that though is just also keep in mind where and what training phase you in at the time. So it might be sort of a generic, a generic spin class or spin session that you might be doing at the gyms, but you might be in a slightly different phase of your training. So I think just do be cautious of that rather than just going to jump in a class and not getting the recovery you might need before your next hard session and what have you. But yes, as you mentioned, there's, there's so much that is structured out and a lot of people that are getting involved with that uh, I do think there's, there's huge benefits in it, and you can find them almost everywhere now. Yeah, absolutely. So the website, once again, to get to if you are looking for a training program, coachbarry.com forward slash start. If you haven't entered yet, three weeks to go to entries uh, closing. Get your entry in now, okay? Cyclechallenge.co.za is that website. You can also find out about the, the Women's Month Outrides, those two rides that are happening on the 13th and 27th of August this year. Uh, get your friends together, all the girls together, and uh, we'll see you out there. Okay, so get to that website, uh, cyclechallenge.co.za. And as always, use the hashtag lovecycling. We're looking forward to following your progress uh, right up until race day come 2017 Telcom 947 Cycle Challenge. As always, from myself, Brad Brown, it's been an absolute pleasure. Devin Eden, thanks for your time, and uh, happy training, mate. Thanks, Brad.